don't know the word Scott? Welcome to America, friend. Learn music. Welcome to another episode of the Rudy Librarian Podcast. I am your host, the Rudy Librarian himself, Brian. Yay! I am super excited today to welcome another fantastic guest to the Rudy Librarian Podcast. Uh, today we've got Tara Hahn from Half Past Two. Uh, Tara, I wanted to take a second. First of all, welcome. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, and I wanted to thank you so much. Uh, I, something that I mentioned in my previous episode with Gary is for me, uh, my, my, my ska story is that I, I started out listening to primarily Christian ska bands in the nineties. Cause I mostly listened to Christian music. Um, and, and it was really kind of pick it up uh, ska in the nineties that brought me back into ska. And as I started to explore all the ska I missed and then the new ska, um, the first two bands that re really I got connected to and got connected to people in the bands were half past two and backyard superheroes. So oh, I'm so oh. thankful your band and you have had a huge impact on me connecting with the ska scene. So thank you so much for that. Oh no, I, that's so nice. I like hearing stuff like that. I'm glad you came back to ska and that we could help you do that. <laughs> and super, super exciting to connect to, because the Christian ska scene was pretty small. There was basically three bands, Five Iron Frenzy, Supertones, and The Insiders. And then there were a couple other bands that did like a ska album, like Squad 5-0 and The Dengies. And then a, a lot of ska bands that were not good. Um, that, <laughs> that were, you know, sort of kind of trying to catch the wave, you know. Um, and so there was just so much good ska that I didn't know. So it's been so, so much fun to engage and get to, I got to hear like, uh, I, I put on my my Facebook, I, I reached out to my friends, hey, what are some ska bands I should listen to? And I built this huge ska playlist. And so I got to hear bands like, maybe I'd heard a little bit of them, but like Goldfinger and Save Ferris and the Hippos and all these great bands for the first time. And then there's this amazing new like ska scene, which I say new, it never went away, you know, but it was yeah. just like in Texas maybe or just the circles I ran and I didn't see it. So it's really exciting right now to be a ska band because, um, like you said, it never really went away. And, like, we've been a band for, like, the breadth of time that um, <laughs> that ska maybe wasn't as as happening as it is right now. But right now, it's a, it's alive and well, and it's it really exciting. It's, like, electric, you know? So it's so cool. So, something you said just reminded me of a comment I heard, and I can't remember who I heard say this the other day. But they were talking about how it, it's only in America that ska has been treated the way that it has, where it's been considered something that like died and like went away or, and maybe is not as cool. And now that it's coming back and it's cool, the people in other countries are like, why is this such a big deal to y'all? Like, <laughs> I hadn't heard that, but I mean, I, I think it's just because um, like even just personally, I until recently my mind was really like closed off it was sort of just like focused on my own little town and my own little ska scene because you know the internet or like you know or things were just different when we started there was no facebook there was no instagram none of that stuff you know so now it was like 
as, as soon as live music sort of stopped and halted, then the the ska world like exploded because I could look like outside of Orange County where I'm from because nothing was like nothing was really going on anymore. Like maybe some of us were still doing stuff on our own, but now it was like we were hungry for like ska because there's so many ska shows down here in Orange County. When it stopped, it was like, well, what do we do with our time? You know, so it was really neat like to start noticing other bands, even ones that like we had maybe played with before because they toured like through Orange County, just like really looking at everything that they've been doing and being like, wow, there's a lot going on here, you know? And then people, you know, Brooklyn Vegan's writing about Scoss. It's in a Spin lot. Magazine. Yeah, it's in Spin yeah. Magazine. It's like, Scoss, 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 you know? Like, I, I love it. I welcome it. I'm for it. I support it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I think, so, you know, I grew up in, like, a suburb of Dallas, you know, in Dallas-Fort Worth area, and, like, um, so I've come to find out there's a, there's actually quite a few ska bands in the area, and we have like Ska by Ska West, which is a, a cool festival. Yeah, um, I that I knew nothing about really. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but I do think that like when when you if you live in the United States and you grew up in the '90s and you think of ska, you have to think of Orange County, like yeah, yeah. you know, and and having grown <laughs> up, you know, even though my three ska bands were from like. Orange County and then like Colorado and Michigan, like Detroit yeah. or whatever. I keep thinking back to like uh, a, the beginning of a Supertone song that has some clip from, I don't even know what it's from, but it's like, where are you from? Orange County. And then it immediately goes into like this song. And so I just like in my mind had connected those things. So Orange County, I think for a lot of people is really synonymous with ska. Yeah. Well, especially if you're talking about that 90s, like, quote unquote, third wave style ska, then I think a lot of people would say, would think about Orange County as like the mainstream part. Like if you're like a diehard ska fan, you're like, no, there's like mustard plug and there's the toasters. OK, I get it. Yeah, I know. I know. But if you're just like, if you were the person that grew up thinking that ska was like literally only no doubt and, you know, maybe say Ferris and real big fish popped into your head, you know, then, th then you're thinking of like orange County ska music, which is totally cool. I love it. You know, <laughs> of course I love it. That's what I grew up with. And that's sort of what we sound like even now. But um, yeah, no, it's just funny you say that. Cause it's totally true. So you having grown up in orange County, I think at this point, because you have, I, I've, I listen to a lot of Scott oriented podcasts. And so if you do listen to a lot of Scott oriented podcasts, you've shown up on quite a few of them. And oh, yeah. uh, I love and, to talk, <laughs> which I'm thankful Scott. for. That's yeah. why you're here. That's why I'm, that's one reason I'm excited to have you here today. But um, I feel like I've heard your story a few times, Yeah. but maybe there are some people who haven't heard those other podcasts, but kind of growing up in Orange County. How, what was your connection? I mean, obviously it was around, but what, what was your connection to the ska scene? How did you get connected to it? Um, well, in middle school, in those formative years of when you're like figuring yourself out, when you begin to do that, I was, it was like the late nineties, which was like when ska was popping here. And um, I had an aunt who was in high school and I was in middle school and she, you know, she was so much cooler than me and she looked like, you know, she was cool. I looked up to her and she was into ska and she would take me to ska shows um, here in Orange County when I was, you know, 13, 14. Um, 
you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And that's just how it sort of started, you know, um, just going to live shows. We actually, I wrote a song about it. It's called Heather. Listen to it. You can hear all about it. But um, yeah, that's how I started sort of like going to shows in general, because I would say like in high school, maybe I didn't listen to ska music as much as I did in like, you know, like I said, it was like ska's heyday, you know, and then like by the time I got into high school, people were like, oh, ska's not cool. And that was like, you know, that was at that lull, the beginning of that lull, you know, and then we were yeah. like, let's start a ska band like right, right then, like dorks, but it seems like a good choice, you know. You're definitely gonna have fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We sort of just like the the guys. Um, I wasn't in Half Past Two in the very beginning. It wasn't even called Half Past Two till I joined. But in high school, the band sort of like formed, and um, I wasn't in it. I knew the guys, and I would see them, you know, playing. And um, yeah, after like the year after high school, I. I was in choir and stuff. I was a big choir nerd in high school. And so after after high school was over, I was like, man, I really miss like performing and singing. So I heard about, they were like, hey, some of the guys from high school are still in that band and they're looking for somebody you should go try out. So I did. I was like in my friend's mom's living room. <laughs> I know. And I sang like open the gate up by no doubt, like just cold, like nothing, you know no track no nothing um it was kind of nerve-wracking but yeah that, I take, am. that takes <laughs> some serious guts i want to i want to ask you some more questions about that but i want to go back a, a little bit i, I want to say real quick in, in in connection to your story about how you got con, uh, connected to scott through through your aunt uh, i, I want to plug the in defense of scott podcast because you did a really cool episode with them and your aunt and that yeah. was really fun to listen to Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was really cool. I don't, um, I don't talk to Heather that often. That's who the song was about. And then they asked me to come on with Heather, and I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was really fun, and it was really cool to sort of hear like her side of it, and just even stuff that didn't um, involve me at all. So um, yeah, definitely listen to that one. It was a good one. And I feel like everybody has like that one relative who is maybe maybe feels like the cool person that you want to be like you know for me it was a cousin and he got me into music he got me into rock and roll he got me into comics um he apologizes for some of the things he got me into but you know <laughs> I, I don't apologize like i love all that stuff and i'm glad yeah. that i you know had that sort of that cousin that i wanted to emulate you know yeah it's like uh i think that's why i was really excited to like write that song because i think it's important to ha like remember that you had, you know, wherever you are, you, there was probably some positive influence somewhere in your life, you know, and we, ne we rarely tell those people like, hey, you were great, you know, like you were my positive influence or for whatever, you know, and um, yeah, I just, you can be that for other people too. Like, even though that sounds so cheesy and weird to say, like, just take someone to a show, like, you know, it got me into ska music, but it could get somebody into being a musician, finding their best friend, what, what, like whatever, you know, it's like, just, just be a, like a cool person and be there for people. I think that's like, that's the most important part. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, if we'll just, I'm going to record that and loop it for an hour. Cause that's like my favorite <laughs> thing that I've heard someone say, I'm, I'm so big on that. And that's so important to me. The idea of 
gratitude and like reaching out to thank people and and all that positivity it's so important to me and and i think that we live in a, a world where pe one it's just easy to be busy and forget but two like i know for me i often feel i've been a a teacher for 10 years i've been uh inv involved in uh youth ministry and ministry and stuff uh some and sometimes it's easy to kind of look back and feel like did anything i do matter at all and to hear somebody say, hey, this, you know, this little thing that you said and didn't think anything of it meant so much to me. Those things are the things that keep us going, I think. I agree. I 100 percent agree. And I think I, it's easy to get jaded, you know, to to when you're doing something for a long time, like you were saying, like and and it may be a years before you hear that one little kernel that like you helped somebody but think about if if that ever happens just think about all the times when maybe someone didn't get a chance to tell you so i i i feel all the time i'm like oh maybe i should like reach out to this person and then i get nervous i'm like oh is it weird it's been so long but maybe they're wondering like what where is this person <laughs> yeah and i feel like at least for me I mean, I do, I do get that nervousness. Like, I don't know if I want to reach back because it's been a long time. But then mm -hmm. I'm like, if they really know me, they won't be surprised by weird. That's just part of who I am. So. <laughs> you got to be a little weird too, then I guess. That's awesome. <laughs> so, you talked about some of the bands that you went to see. Um, this is, I, I feel like this is a chance where you get to growing up in in SoCal, you get to name drop bands that you saw a little bit, and then like, what were some <laughs> of what, what were some of the coolest shows that you got to go see? Um, you know, when mm. I was really, are you talking about ska shows specifically? When, when I was, um, in the beginning, when I was first going to shows, I used to go to, well, they're now called the RX Bandits, but when I was younger, they were called the Pharmaceutical Bandits. And they, like, some of them went to my high school, and one of them was my next door neighbor. It, I felt so cool. And so we would, like, go to their shows and stuff because they would be practicing, and we'd be like, what are you doing? Oh, we're going to be go having a show. So we would go to those. My most memorable shows are their shows just because um, I didn't really go to, like, watch the band. Is like... <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry, that's weird, but like it's a scene. You know what I mean? The ska is like a scene. That's what hooked me was like you go and you'd see the same people and stuff like that. So their shows were always the most memorable because I felt like I had a lot of friends there. I would like go and you know the boy yeah, I liked sure. would be there and stuff like that. But um, when I got to high school, and this is going to be so cliche and like stupid for for Orange County ska girl to tell you this, but when I got to high school, I made a friend, and she was like. I don't know why I had like literally just made this friend and she was like, Hey, do you want to see no doubt? And, and like, this isn't like 2000, this is when rock steady came out. And so this was like, their career had like, like blossomed. Right. And they're like huge. Yeah. And I never thought I would get to see them. Cause I was used to going to like little farty shows, you know, like sure. in someone's backyard. And it was so amazing. She took me, they were like on the floor, they were floor tickets at the Long Beach, um, like, oh, what's it called? Uh, anyway, it's got like the whales painted and stuff, oh, the, the arena. And it's so it's a hometown show, right? Because they're awesome. here, they're, yeah, yeah, they're at Long cool. Beach. They played with the distillers and garbage. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. And um, I mean, oh my gosh, sorry. And, um, and 
it was just incredible because I remember I, I have these best memories of being so squished that I thought I was gonna die because there's so many people around me and I'm so tiny and I had like a pocket like a like a sack full of disposable cameras okay <laughs> that, that's what it was you guys it was yeah. disposable cameras and I'm like holding my arm all the way up in the air because I'm like Glenn you know I'm, I get home and I'm developing all these pictures like half of them are literally nothing or like the back of the guy's head standing in front of me but that was probably the most incredible like ska show because to me like my fandom started back then when I was like 12 13 in Heather's room listening to Tragic Kingdom listening to No Doubt listening to Beacon Street and it was like obviously it it rocked my world because I'm talking to you right now and you can just probably hear how excited I freaking am it's like it was amazing for sure. Yeah, I, I, I do feel that energy. And I, and I, I think, you know, you talked a little bit about, um, we talked a little bit about that love of music and how it grows and changes and stuff like that. And so I was thinking earlier when, when we were talking about something related to that, that my, my problem, I think, was there was still ska being made, you know, and, and the reason I wasn't aware of it is because I have a little bit, I think, of musical ADHD or ADD, you know, like I get distracted. And so, um, you know, I was really into, uh, punk and ska, and then I got a little bit into emo and there was like yeah. a local emo band called my space coaster that I was obsessed with that were from here. Um, and like the Juliana theory and, and yes. th- those, oh, we're those on kind of top bands, of the world. such Here a good song. Oh my God. Best song. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and then, and, and then, you know, I liked new metal a little bit and I liked metal and I just kind of followed all these different styles of music and then but the cool thing about doing that you know i think a lot of people would probably feel like i was like not a real fan or whatever but the cool thing about doing that is that then i get to come back because like for me with no doubt i was totally into tragic kingdom and return of saturn and then i kind of just got distracted i'm sorry what were you saying I was I was going like oh my gosh return to Saturn return to Saturn was like I know people are always like tragic kingdom tragic kingdom no I will bump return of Saturn like (laughs) until the day I die I love it so much anyway go ahead well well, I remember being like a huge like I was I thought no I thought Gwen Stefani was like the most amazing punk rock girl in the world you know (laughs) and so her pink hair in the ex-girlfriend video I was like I need to marry this woman. She's, <laughs> you know, I don't know, 10, I don't know how much older she is than me, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it clearly was never going to happen. But, you know, I was like, this is, this is my, this is the woman I'm going to marry. <laughs> but I got to come back and then like, so I don't know really rock steady as well as I could. And I, and, yeah. and it's a great album. It is a great album. It's not, I mean, if, if you're like looking for Scott's, there's not like a ton on there. I mean, there's like a lot of, I was, I was re-listening to it recently, um, just out of curiosity. And I was like, there's lots of horns on this. I didn't realize like there were so many horns on this album. I like it. It's, it's so cool. But yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, they didn't just play rock steady at the concert. They played like lots of stuff because there were like, at this point, they're a huge band. There were like costume changes and Adrian's drum kit like went up side down and it lit up and like oh my gosh it was it was the coolest thing like I said I was used to going to like backyard shows and like places where like there was no bathroom or nothing you know so that was 
that was the coolest. I thought that that person that took me was like just the nicest. I was like, you just changed my life. See, there's another, there's another person that was just like, hey, you want to go? I was like, yeah, I want to go. So <laughs> song about that person on the next on the next half past two album. <laughs> I know up. I really should. <laughs> Thank you for the idea. You, <laughs> you, <laughs> the <welcome>. inspiration. <laughs> I know that you played in other bands. I heard you talking about that a little bit. Some, you know, like kind of weird bands even like that yeah. had themes and stuff like that. Yeah. And you talked about kind of auditioning for Half Past Two or whatever. But how did you tell me a little bit about the whole like going from these other bands into coming into Half Past Two, kind of how that all transition happened for you? It was actually it was quite different because like I like. The, like I said, Half Past Two formed when I was in high school for a talent show. I was not in Half Past Two. I just, and they weren't even called Half Past Two, but it was the same group of people. And then right after high school, like I said, I auditioned for the band Out of Boredom. Just kidding. I mean, it was boredom, but, um, and, and so for years, a few years after that, we were just being a band, a little baby band here in Orange County, uh, when ska was no longer like even a twinkle in anybody's eye, really. Um, you know, the it, like the bigger bands like kept going and they were playing shows, but like as far as small bands, no one cared about us. It was fine. We were having fun. Um, but then like anything, like Half Past Two has so many people in it. There's nine of us. And back then there was still like eight or nine of us. Um, we had some disagreements and we were kids and we were, we just sort of dissolved. We were like, you know, we need to take a break from each other. It was a lot more hostile and mean than that, but like, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be civil here. Yeah. So we like sort of broke up and I moved to LA cause I was like, I still want to be a musician. I still want to be in a band. So yeah, that's when I sort of like tried being um, in other bands and making music or being like a studio musician. And it was sucky. I really did not have a very good time. So, um, I mean, I had fun. I feel bad. Like if anybody heard this, they'd be like, Oh, well, didn't we have fun? No, we had some fun, but overall I really, really missed being in my ska band <laughs> with my friends. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like that happened. That was like for two years. That was like two years. And Half Past Two was still sort of active. Some of the guys, like they got a new singer and they started, um, you know, they made, they played shows and stuff. But then like the two years later, when I came, when I moved back from LA, like down here to Orange County, um, they it wasn't really happening. They weren't really doing much. And um, there's like a long story about it, but the me and one of my, old bandmates were like, let's do it. Like, let's resurrect, resurrect half past two, you know, like that's like barely alive, like in a coma. And so, yeah, that's what, that's what sort of happened. That was 2013 or 14, 2014, when we like said it was our big comeback and then we've been stronger than ever. It's been great. Um, yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm like I've said, so glad that you guys are together because you've had an impact on me and, and, and I'm going to get here, but I do think that like more and more like the music you're putting out, I'm just like, wow, that's so much better even than the last one. I'm so excited. Um, I do have to ask, cause I have zero knowledge about this. Where did the name half past two come from? Like why half past two? It's so dorky and like too wholesome for words, but like 
that's when we got out of school. Like it's when we got out of high school. (laughs) And it's like, um, you know, we never changed the name. Just there was no reason to. And the farther we get away from high school, the more we're like, what did, what have we done? (laughs) Like, what did we do? (laughs) But, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. 2.30 in the afternoon. We got out of school. We were free. We could make music and be dumb and hang out with our friends and stuff. So that was like the, that was the important time. And we thought it sounded cool. So that's just I, sort of how it happened. I think that's awesome. And I think that that sort of, con- that will, you're constantly going to be connected to this like sort of youthful idea of freedom. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, three of us are still like, original members of half past two which is so weird because like i've known max and david since middle school now and like we're we're in this band together writing music and like you said getting better all the time so it's kind of like interesting to really grow up together in like so many ways yeah yeah, that's that's amazing. I will say I, I I'm jealous of the two thirty get out of school time. The school district that my that we live in that my kids will go to, they get out at two thirty. The school district that I work at, we get out at like four oh five, and it's how what so what? late. That is yeah, so we, late. We don't start till eight forty five in the morning, uh, okay. which okay. is later. That like, is later. but. I, I'm a morning person, so I would ra- I would rather <laughs> be done at two thirty. You know, be able to go to a government office if I need to pick up my kids, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I and when I was in high school too, I was such a morning person that I took a zero period because I was just like, I'm up, I'm awake. <laughs> so I can't imagine going to school at like eight forty five. Like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I think there are definitely some kids I think that appreciate it, but I think like for me being the morning person, like you said, like. I get to school and I, I mean, I, I get to school like as early as I can possibly get in the building. And it's like, and it's seven 30 in the morning basically. And I do everything I need to do in the morning. And then when school gets out, my brain is just dead. Like, you know, I'm like, if you need tutoring, come in the morning, please. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I can think. By this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how I feel. I still think I work that way better in the morning. For, and for me, I think it was years of working in a coffee shop. Like uh, I worked in a, a Starbucks for like eight years and I was an opener. Yeah. And so, yeah. So used to it. Er, early mornings work. So I when I started kind of diving into ska, when I got back into ska and was trying to uh, get to get to know what, what was new in the ska scene or whatever, some of the first music videos that I came across were y'all's and I really enjoyed them. They just seem like so much fun. And also, I mean, there's tons of ska bands that don't do videos, you know, Uh, or maybe they do like one, like a lyric video, or maybe they don't, you know, they have like two videos, even though they've got like five albums out. You guys have quite a few videos out there. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) And so, so like SoCal summer and see you again and three small words were, three of the first videos that I saw. And I definitely want to talk about three small words in a minute, but tell me a little bit about your, you know, the videos for SoCal summer and, and, and uh, what was the other one I just said? I'm so bad. See you again. Yeah. Um, Those videos, a lot of our videos um, are done by our good friend, Chris Grau. And he does a lot. Like if you're interested in ska music at all, like, current ska music you've probably seen one of his videos he's making videos for like everyone 
Chris is great. Um, so yeah, uh, he did SoCal Summer and See You Again. He did Smile Like You Mean It, and he's done a and he did Holiday. And I think there's one more. Anyway, um, yeah, Chris just comes up with these really funny ideas. Like we'll show him the songs, and I'm I think he does this with everybody. Like you show him the song, he he'll pitch you like three really crazy ideas, and then whichever one you pick, like. You just lean into it, basically. <laughs> like, you lean on. And with Half Past Two, like, we always push it by, like, trying to really, like, because we're, like, responsible for, like, dressing it up. So, like, SoCal Summer, I went crazy with decorating that set just because I was like, I want to look like a party. I want to look like a really fun party. And, um, yeah, so that was really great. And And Chris did a lot of really fun stuff with, like, underwater cam like what like, cameras we can get wet so we like got a guitar we like you know threw a guitar in the pool he used like drones and stuff so we get like cool party shots and you know he's always trying stuff so it's really cool and then we'll see you again yeah we he's he told us he wanted to do a dungeons and dragons theme and like i said we just really leaned into it with like the costumes and like we even went to there's this place here in orange county called old town there used to be ska shows there like way back in the day like i say way back but it was like the 90s but you know what i mean back in the day um yeah and it's like a whole like it's old world so it's like german themed but they have this they have this weird rock thing with like mushrooms on it and we filmed it all there we made it look really cool and um and the best part of that video even with socal summer is um our friends are so supportive you know we like sort of just said to people like hey do you want to be in the video or like even just fans like do you want to be in a half past two video and people would show up in costume like full costume or like whatever they needed to do that's the magic of a half past two video like there's in all of our videos there's always a lot of people in them and they're like our friends or like people that consider themselves fans of the band you know and like i love that we're like a big family you know i love looking at our videos and like the easter eggs are sort of like the people that are in it because it's like oh there's that person again or there's that person i always see at a show or all, you know stuff like that so uh well, yeah I I can tell you that the SoCal summer, like I wanted to be at that party for sure. <laughs> I, I have a May birthday. And so we did a lot of pool parties uh, when I was a kid. And so it just looked like a blast. And for the uh, See You Again video, I am a, a huge nerd, like like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, <laughs> comic books, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, these are my people, you know, uh, this this video makes me feel even more at home uh so it was, uh, <laughs> good yeah that's right I'm off about. the bat i was sucked in <laughs> and chris grout he now i know he uh just did cat bites new video right yes did you see me in there <laughs> i did i did see you in there which i i i really enjoyed seeing you and talina uh yeah. both uh and the video is um fantastic yeah, uh, I, I I'm I'm wary of showing my child because I get bad ideas <laughs> from the little the little mulleted kid in there. The mis the mischief and stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. Chris has done cat bites videos. He did a bunch of We Are the Union videos. Um, he's made videos for No Effects, The Bomb Pops, Bite Me Bambi. Just so many people. Um, he's He's really supportive and like we're all about supporting him and his talent because 
no one can do it like Chris does. So yeah, that's amazing. So I have to talk about three small words. So um, I am, you know, there are songs that just connect to you and they become very meaningful to you. And uh, there's this song call, uh, called um, Hack and Sack by Fountains of Wayne. I, that we covered that too. Have you seen that? I have. Yay! And I, oh, I, I love that song so much. <laughs> I love that you covered it. So I think I came into contact with that, even though it was obviously already out. I came into that contact contact with that song through the movie Just Friends with uh, um, Ryan Reynolds in it, yeah. which is a, a movie that I love watching. Um, and so I just found that I loved Adam Schlesinger. And I went back and saw all these amazing, aside from being a part of Fountains of Wayne and writing, you know, beautiful songs like that. And then songs like Stacy's Mom. And, uh, and then also writing like um, music for... Oh, what is that movie um, with the wonders, the Oneaters? Um, oh, shoot. Oh, I can't remember. I, <laughs> now I forgot, too. I'm like, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, my gosh. My brain goes blank. So. In it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Everyone's that gonna thing be you like, do. You, yeah, everyone's going to be like, you guys are terrible. Yeah, that thing yeah. you do. <laughs> I forget names of things so frequently. It's ridiculous, as I did with your song just two minutes ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I did it. I do it too. I blame it on my kids, but you know. <laughs> Fair. I'm gonna say that's my reason too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, yeah. So he he wrote music for that thing you do, and then he helped write some of the music for Josie and the Pussycats, including Three Small Words. So I love Adam Schlesinger, and he passed away during COVID this last year. Um, before he passed away, I saw your cover of Three Small Words, and that was again. A big hook for me because I'm a huge Josie and the Pussycats fan. Woo! And so I was super excited about that. So what made you guys decide to cover that? And uh, and, and tell me a little bit about doing that song. Well, you know, jo Josie and the Pussycats was like a pretty big deal movie um, when I was growing up. And of course, like I've always, even when I was a kid, I used to tell people like, I'm going to be a rock star. Like this, you guys, I'm living my dream. Um, and so that movie was like, I had all the merchandise. I really, I loved it. And, um, you know, uh, Talina from Bite Me Bambi, she also loves the movie Josie and the Pussycats. Obviously, that's where the name Bite Me Bambi comes from. Right. And, um, yeah, like, there was a night where Max in my band and Talina and I were talking about how much we love, this was, like, before Bite Me Bambi was existed, and we were like talking about how much we loved that song and we love the movie and how much like it influenced us. And um, we're like, we should do a cover. Like, let's do a cover. So um, I the first time I, we sang that song, me and Talina was actually with her other band, um, uh, Karate in the Garage. It was like, oh, it was like a ska band, but it was like more of a punk band. And we yeah. sang it on the very last night that the House of Blues was ever opened in downtown Disney, there was a ska show. And, oh, and half past, yeah, Half Past Two didn't play, but Talina was like, we gotta sing Three Small Words. So I was like, yes, let's do it. So I got to play the very last night of that House of Blues. And um, yeah, we played Three Small Words and that was like pretty, we were like, what are we gonna, okay, we did it, you know? Um, but then we had this idea we wanted to like, do some collaborations like for real and like re release it because half past two had some aspirations of sort of like, 
you know, making our scene a little stronger. So we we did a cover with Selena and we did a cover with um, Evan Warham of um, of uh, Hooray for Our Side, which is also a band from around here right now. And um, yeah, I don't know how it became like, I'm so glad. I It's like Josie the Pussycats is like everyone's calls it a cult classic. And it's mostly because at the time it didn't do like as amazingly, but like people love it. So when we released the song and the video, um, it was just really kind of almost surprising how much it sort of like took off with people because people were just like, I love this song. But it was one of those things. Yeah, it's so good. They're like, I love this song. But we didn't know if people would receive it well because we made it into a ska song. You know, we, we it's just us. It, we're not like, you know, we're, it's just us. But people like, people find it all the time. People that don't even listen to ska music or whatever, they're like, this is a really good cover. I'm like, thank you. You know, so we're so glad that people like it. And the video turned out really cute. And like you were saying, like, we have a lot of videos, and I think uh, that's like our second most viewed video out of all of our videos. So, yeah. Well, and I don't know. I, I wonder if um, after Adam Schlesinger passed away, if people found it as they were searching for some of his songs and stuff as well. Maybe. Um, yeah. But I, I'm. I mean, I know I found it before then, and so I'm just so excited that you guys covered it. You did such a good job. And thank and, you. And and of course, I'm, I I want uh, as many people to know Adam Schlesinger's music as possible because he's super talented. He is. He's written some like sometimes people don't even know that he wrote like the songs that like he did. You know, they think it was like somebody else or something. So I remember like looking that up and being like, whoa, there's so much in his catalog or like in his repertoire. You know, it's like it's so cool and it's so sad like that yeah. he's gone so i had yeah. to pick up after after he passed away and 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 after listening to your song probably about 50 times i went and picked up <laughs> a copy of uh the soundtrack mondo uh had published uh, had printed uh pressed a copy of that album and it's this beautiful purple vinyl um and it, and it also came with a little uh seven inch of the music by du jour yeah uh, so. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> That's awesome. You got it all. I know people are always like, you need to cover the whole thing. And I'm like, don't tempt me. Like, I'm thinking about it. You know, that would be so fun. (laughs) But, yeah. I remember, like, back in the 90s, I feel like it was so common. Like, now you'll get, like, bands that'll cover, like, a song. You know, like, they'll do a cover here and there. But I feel like back in the 90s, like, every punk band had a cover album. You know, like... MXPX, no effects. I mean, there's whole band, me first in the gimme gimme's that are just all covers, you know? Yeah. It was like, now I feel like, I don't know, maybe there's a stigma attached, but I feel like other than just doing a song here and there on YouTube, like people don't do covers the way they used to in the 90s. Well, to tell you the truth, we did, like, it's, it's, now it's a numbers game. Covers like get you listeners. So it's like, we'll do a cover you know, almost strategically every now and then just to like get our whatever, our Spotify numbers up or whatever, because a cover is like, even if you don't listen to Half Past Two, you might like Stacy's Mom, you know, by Fountains of Wayne or something. So um, I think it's like hard to do a whole cover album. um, 
but it's changing, you know, like for a long time, half past two was like, we don't want to do an album because people don't care about listening to albums. Well, like all this, True. not all of a sudden, but I feel like recently in the last like two years, even more people, I guess our age or like that listen to our type of music are getting into buying like records, which you have to sort of listen to like as an album, you know, <laughs> like if you're yeah. buying 45, all the 45s all the time, like you're getting up <laughs> and you're having to flip your record all the time. So the long play, you know, is um, it's like a fun format that we're, you know, we're like ready to get back into too. Not just like EPs, not just covers and stuff. So sure, and I think with covers too, there's also the sense that like, I mean, you have to pay someone else to do their music. So it's like, true. Yeah, it's not financially the best option for you, other than the fact that it does draw listeners, which is is great. Yeah, but, and they're fun. Like I said, like for us, it's never really been about that. It's more just like it's fun and it's like it, it in a band our size it's kind of fun just to hear everybody's like what everybody wants to do with like a, a known song you know yeah yeah so i don't know i'm, and, gonna, I'm uh, gonna yeah sorry no go ahead okay i'm gonna hit another cover for sure here in a few minutes because there's another cover i definitely want to talk to you about um in fact, I think it's the, the next question I have written down. I have my list of questions here to keep me on track. And so the next question I have written down is talking about those covers. It's your cover of Madonna's Holiday, which you mentioned. So I, I, I'm, I was born in 82. I've got two older sisters. Um, my sister, whose name is Tara, actually, is four, <laughs> and, a, four and a half years older than me. Um, and... When we were kids, um, my go-to artist, my first artist I ever picked up was Michael Jackson. And I was really into Michael Jackson around the bad era. And she was fully into Madonna. So I grew up with Madonna playing all the time in the house. And uh, when I heard you were doing this cover of Holiday, which was on a fantastic Christmas compilation that was for charity, um, which I, I, I love such a clatter, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and I know that my, my buddy Gary had a, a big part in that album, um, which I, I'm, uh, so proud of him for that. And, um, but, uh, I was so excited to hear someone cover, not just cover Madonna, cover it really well, cover it in ska. And the video was so much fun. Again, you guys killing it with the videos. So tell me about the process for this particular song, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, well, we were we always wanted to like put out like a Christmas song like around the holidays, and it's just we've never had the like time or like we never put the effort. And then um, this was just the year that we were like we're gonna do it. And then when Gary said that he was doing this Christmas compilation, it was like even more motivation to do it. We were like, let's do this let's like actually do the song but then the mystery was like okay we're going on a christmas compilation so we're gonna be with a bunch of other bands like we can't do anything that anybody else is doing and we don't know what anybody else is doing so like what kind of like christmas ish song could we do what kind of holiday song <laughs> could we do and um 
Yeah, I, I had this kooky idea. And I don't think the boys were really sold on it at first because I was like, I want to do Holiday by Madonna. And they're like, that's not a Christmas song. I'm like, but can you make it a Christmas song? And they were like, we're already making it a ska song. <laughs> I was like, double challenge because like if anybody has like... I mean, if you follow Half Past Two, like, you probably know we like to, like, complicate everything. And like you said, <laughs> we have a lot of videos, and that's because one of, like, we make up rules for ourselves. Um, and one of the rules is, like, if if it's a single, it has to have a video. Or, like, every song that we, like, yeah, release as a single should have a video. And that's why we have so many darn videos, because it's, like, it has to have a video. We can jam it in there. Um, but, yeah, so... When we did Holiday, you know, it was just like, what what makes a song sound like a holiday song? We added like some bells and we added a ton of horns because I was like, horns. Like when I think of Christmas <laughs> yeah. songs, like I think of horns. So if you listen to that song, I want you to pay so much attention to the instrumental work on there because the horns, I don't even know how they pulled off some of the things that they did. It was crazy. But um. It was really fun, you know. Uh, Madonna, of course, is so much fun to sing. And I, we had always thought, like, we should definitely do Madonna. But um, down here in Orange County, for a long time, there was a, a ska cover band called Scudonna. And I was like, <laughs> nice. we, we've never, we never felt right covering Madonna because of that. So with the Christmas twist, we were like, we're going to do it. And then it was like, it was like COVID times, you know what I mean? So none of us were getting together. We're like, how do we make a music video for this right now? And there's nobody that can come up with an idea quicker and better than Chris Grau. So we called up Chris and we said, hey, can you make this video? And it's really important to us that it is like COVID safe and like, you know, meaning no contact or anything like that. So he said, it's just going to be you. To me, I was like, wait, <laughs> just me? Like, nobody else at all is in it? Because he had just done Shine for us, too, uh, our yeah. song Shine. And and we're all in that, but, like, in our at our own homes. And so when he said right. that, that this whole video, I was like, okay, so, like, three minutes of just Tara? I don't know about that. I really don't know. So, um, yeah, I mean... He, he came up with the idea and he was like, do you have a neighborhood that has like a lot of really cool Christmas lights? And I said, well, my neighborhood has a lot of really cool Christmas lights. So we did the whole video here, like in my little hometown neighborhood. I think my neighbors were probably like, what is going on out there? You know, like we had a few people that didn't come out and they're like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're making a music video. And they were like, cool, we, we love it. Cool. And I was like, awesome. We were ready to like run. We're like, they're going to call the police, run, you know? But no, they were like, come up on the lawn and like, you know, hug our our animatronics. And it was cool. And um, like I said, it was totally safe. And it turned out great. It makes me happy. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted there to be like some christmas holiday joy in the video and i actually listened to the song like it just came on my spotify randomly the other day and i was like it's not too bad like i didn't i thought if i listened to it like in july i'd be like oh that's a chris that sounds like a christmas song but it's not too bad so. no good all year round and it, and it <laughs> definitely i mean in the middle of like a covid christmas it was a, it was definitely a lot of joy like a lot of 
I, I was smiling for sure when I was listening to it. So <laughs> it really, good. really enjoyable. That makes me happy. I'm glad to hear that. And what, you know, you were talking about uh, Skadana. Um, it's funny because talking about how you don't see people necessarily doing like cover albums anymore, which I know, again, kind of like you said, albums are not as much of a thing for a lot of people. And they're sort of coming back. But also one of the great things about now is that you can just release a song when you get a song done. Um, one thing that we do have a lot of in ska, even though we don't have a lot of necessarily albums, are great ska cover bands. And I don't want to throw shade <laughs> at that because uh, when I was interviewing Taylor, uh, he talked about the band that he used to be a part of, Party Like It's. Yeah. And I know that I have uh, been super excited to listen to Skapesh Mode. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> my my guitar player, David, is also in Skapesh Mode. <laughs> That's awesome. My yeah. oldest sister, Amy, her name's Amy. She's nine years older than me. And she uh, she was a big Depeche Mode fan. So I had to send her their cover of Personal Jesus. Oh, so. yeah. They have a lot of really good ones. And they are they are hilarious to see live. Like, you, if you ever get to see them live, like, you need to see them live. Because, like, just the craziest stuff. Even my husband, who's not, like, super duper into going to ska shows, he's like, is Capesh Road playing? I'm there. Like, That's awesome. <laughs> it's a must-see. <laughs> We had we had a band here, and I don't know what I, I don't necessarily know what's going on with them, but you know the Holophonics here in Denton. Yeah, um, oh so man, they, they're great. A band who's put out a lot of covers. That would be the band. Yes, they put out like more covers. The only person in Scott I think that puts out more covers than them is Scott Two Network. Got to be. Yeah. So and then For maybe sure. we're like a close third, maybe. <laughs> And they do have they do they do have great uh, they do have great originals too, but they have a lot of great covers. And I love your covers, so obviously, uh, as we've already <laughs> talked about too. Yeah. So now you've got all this new stuff coming out. We've got some nights and Mean Green, and I'm loving those songs uh, so so much. I'm so excited about the new album. And uh, you also kind of as you're putting out these new albums, you guys have it's it's been announced that you're going to be the first artist on. Uh, pay attention, you know, distributed through pay attention records and whatever. And so I'm, which I'm super excited about. And for those who don't know about pay attention records, the dude from ska punk daily uh, is the one running pay attention records. And he's such a good guy. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about the new era of half past two. Um, we are shocked that anybody would want to, you know, put their arm around us and give us a little ska hug like that, because we've been a band for like 14 years now and just doing everything on our own and, and happily, you know, and then, um, Phil became sort of a friend over the last few years. Um, just, he is a fan of half past two, like just to be real, you know, he sort of just reached out and was like, I really like your band. I was like, cool. We, that's awesome. You know? And we became friends and um, he's had this idea for a while to like, you know, evolve the, cause right now it just started as an Instagram page, you know, Scott Punk Daily. And yeah. um, it's grown from there. He's always wanted to do like some other things with it. He just didn't know what. And then Chuck from Jump Up Records, who's like a long time, like, you know, reggae, trad, like two-tone, like um, ska distributor uh, and record label, um he was really the one that like gave Phil the extra little push to like you know you should do this and like let's do it together so once they teamed up you know they heard that we were about to release a record you know we had plans to release a record last year in 2020 and <laughs> I think just like a lot of bands like things just didn't happen like you thought so 
we were like 2021 that's our year we're gonna release a record and they were like hey would you want to release it with us on pay attention and um we were just like what <laughs> us half past two you know uh it's like a it's a real honor because you know they they both have had so much success just in like the other things that they do and and they're really sticking their neck out and trying to you know just give us like a little extra attention and it like I said it's great it's been weird to to feel like somebody like um like believes in you or thinks that you're you know that you're great or whatever and then try and be yeah. like okay yeah like own up to it you know because people are like oh now you're doing this thing with pay attention so how do you feel and we're like we don't know <laughs> it's just yeah. you know we're still all working on it together they're they're a new label and we're we're new to the entire process so um maybe we're learning like a little bit together like I said Chuck has the experience but he doesn't normally work with like our style of ska like you know like more right. ska punk or whatever um even half past two is i think that's why uh, they said they were excited to work with us because like are we ska punk like a little yeah are we like <laughs> traditional no we're not quite yeah we're like kind of we're the mush in the middle somewhere and um yeah it's gonna be great um i we're really excited about their ideas and they are really excited about our ideas and the songs are really good on the album. I'm just, I'm super, super duper excited. Our band has never been this, like, tight. Like, as friends, as musicians, you know, all that stuff. So I think that's going to really show, like, in this music. And if, like, if anybody had heard our last EP that it came out a, a year ago now, uh, almost exactly, Something Blue, like... It, this is just that like on steroids to me because that was to, when we released that we're like we just want people to know look at how great we sound you know like we're good right now we we're gonna put these three songs together and release them as fast as we can in case like you know everything falls apart and um no we're still going strong and we have all this new music and it's gonna be on a record and like with like pay attention stamped on the back like that is that's wild i'm sorry you guys that's really crazy for half past two so all i'm saying is like i don't i don't know it's so cool i'm honored i really am grateful so well i have to say i'm so excited about it for so many reasons number one um i i for i don't know my birthday or father's day they're pretty close together um i <laughs> i uh the, the thing I asked my wife for was one of the jump up records, like bundles that they were doing where you get three, um, three 12 inch and a, and a seven inch and you yeah. get a pay attention record slip mat because, and as much as I love all the albums I got, which I do, I got the free coasters. I got the toasters, like great stuff there. Right. Mm -hmm. But as much as I love those things, I wanted that pay attention slip mat so I can take pictures of your album next to it and post it on Instagram <laughs> when it comes out. Yeah, I gotta, you better. <laughs> I, I got to have the slip mat for it. Yeah, thank you for doing that. And I also have to say, you know, th those songs, uh, you guys have had three uh, three singles from the new album that have come out already, right? Uh, we're including Shine in that. And then also okay. Day Goes Down, which we didn't release um, like streaming, but you can watch the video. It's like the Supernova video with the bicycle. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that too. I, I've, 
I have to make sure because I've watched so many, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that one. In fact, I'm I'm positive I've seen that one. Um, but so yeah, so there's like five songs already that we've heard that are on the album or whatever, and they're they've all been songs on the album. So there's more, everyone. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm every single one of those songs have been good and. Uh, I think the most recent, I don't know if some nights and, and I know Mean Green was the most recent. It was some nights, the one right before that. It was all about you and then Mean Green and then some nights was the most recent one. Oh, okay. There we uh, go. Or the last one. Yeah. I'm getting them a little backwards there, but yeah. yeah. So especially the last, the last, especially couple, the sound is so full. It's so, it fills up the room and it's so good. So I'm super, super excited. That's how it is in real life. If you can imagine nine people <laughs> squished right. up, up there or around there. Yeah. We got three horns and, and we will fill up your room. <laughs> right. Now, whenever, whenever COVID has fully cleared and that varies from state to state as far as their opinion or whatever of when COVID is cleared here in Texas, yeah. We've officially been cleared for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, you're open. <laughs> whether whether we are or not. Um, but I hope that you'll uh, make a stop over here in Dallas uh, area and play for us because I'd love to come see you guys play. Yeah, I'd love. We'd love to go out there. So, so one question I always ask my guests, and this will, you know, I, I, we're gonna. I have one last question about ska, and then I, I always talk about something else at the end. But one question I always ask that to kind of wrap up the ska section is. If you could shout out one band that like you you think does not get enough attention or praise, like they're so good and just people don't know about them. It could be an old band that doesn't exist anymore and you wish people knew about, or it could be a band that's out there playing right now. Um, who would you shout out? Who would you say you guys need to listen to this band? Um, I want to say Millington, the band. And um, I don't know if you've ever listened to Millington. Um, they are a ska band from New York, and they're more like they're like a pop punk ska band. And I brass love that. emo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, they have an EP called Brass Emo. Um, but yeah, they are so great. Cody, I he is so great. I don't know how to what else to say. Like I'm, I was a huge fan of their music. Um, I, I like found them through Scott Punk Daily like two or three years ago now. And um, I just, I w- became such a dorky like fan. Like I was such a fan. And then during this last year in 2020, Cody, um, the lead singer was like, Hey, I'm making this cover album called Brass Emo. And would you please cover um, Less Than Jake's um, Look What Happened with Me? And I was like, Me? me like what (laughs) like i like i said i am like a fan like i'm a dorky i mean i get that a lot like i'm like that with a lot of bands even when they're my friends i'm like oh my god um but yeah so millington if anybody gets a chance i swear it is like catchy it's so catchy and it's it's so good if you like pop punk music you'll be like wow this is really good with horns it's like pop punk with wow wow so, um, yeah, I want to say give a shout out to them because um, they're great. And um, I remember the, on the question it said, which album would I would I say is the best? Um, their newest one, Beatdown Generation, is goes so hard. It's so good. Misery is like the 
in my opinion, the best track on there. I mean, other people will say yeah. it's like other ones, but Misery. And th they have another song that is my very favorite that is not on any album um, called I Don't Want You Back. And so I highly, I highly suggest. I'm a big fan. Like I said, big fan. So check them out. So I'm going to, I I found them, I think, also through Scott Punk Daily. So just proof that Phil is doing the Lord's work uh, with he Scott. Is. Um, <laughs> But uh, they were the first band I ever saw that decided to do an LP with their two EPs on, well, an LP, a, a 12 inch with their EPs on either side, you know, so like one EP on one side and one on the other. And then I discovered later, I didn't know that you guys had, that you guys had done it too. So I have both of those in my record collection and they're eager for more of those. Uh, they're, they're eager for their sisters and brothers to come as you guys put out new music. Yeah, like I said, it's been a long time since we released like an album and people were starting to like buy records again a few years ago and we were like, we want to do that. We're like, what do we do? Oh, we'll just like press our two EPs on both sides. But sorry, everybody. This was like a few years ago before all the cool variants. So it's just black. <laughs> it's just a black record. <laughs> It, it, but, it plays great, which is the most important. Yes, that's the most important part. But yeah, do it. We did that too. And I thought it, it's been great having a record. We just felt really cool having one, you know. It is cool. <laughs> it's, but records are expensive. Oh my gosh, pressing a record is expensive. Um when you're just a when you're just a lonely ska band from Orange County, which is <laughs> so which I think yeah. is why so many bands pr do pre-orders. And I know that that can be frustrating sometimes for people who are ordering them because like I know I've I've got albums that I ordered that I ordered like almost a year ago that still haven't arrived, you know? And of course right now with COVID vinyl, vinyl has been way slowed down. Ironically, yeah. like, I don't know if ironically, coincidentally, uh, one of the, one of the people whose albums have been the most delayed from here is like Taylor Swift, who oh, no. you're like, you're like, she's got the money to make it come. Come on. <laughs> I know. Oh man. You could probably go down to like Amoeba. Like, Oh, and never mind. You're not around here. I was like, you could, <laughs> what am I talking about? Just go to Amoeba. Just get it out of me. Like, I'm sorry. Just, what am I thinking? I'll go to Target. Target. Target's the best I got around here. <laughs> okay. I'll keep an eye out for here. it for you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but but I do want to say uh, real quick, also about Millington. Uh, I agree. Misery, fantastic, fantastic song. Um, I got so excited because he covered Vindicated by Dashboard. Yeah. And because they covered Vindicated. And I'm a huge Dashboard Confessional fan. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. So Vindicated is in the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I'm going to now, I, I do want to take a second. And and so we're, we're recording this July 5th. Yeah. And um, very recently, like two days ago, uh, Millington did announce that their friend and bandmate, John Bentz, passed away. And so I want to take a second and just... Uh, give some honor to him and and uh, love and prayers to the whole band and their family and stuff like that. I know it's, um, I hate to, we've talked about Adam Schlesinger passing away and now John Benson. It's kind yeah. of a sad thing to throw in here, but definitely want to make sure that we give him honor. So, yeah. And uh, now I'll try to recover the mood, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, but, I but, um, uh, I, I am still looking forward to more Millington in, in the future and, and just sending the love. Um, yeah, I hope they have me on it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Cody, if you're hearing this, ask me to do more. That was so fun. <laughs> and I and I would buy it just on the just on the, the pairing. So uh, the whole Rudy Librarian thing started for me because I wanted to do uh, book talk videos for my students that were stuck at home during COVID mm -hmm. to try and get them to we have so many kids that like they uh, maybe liked reading when they were in elementary school. And and then we crushed the love of reading out of them in school mm -hmm. and <laughs> by assigning books that they hate and then giving them lots of work to do about them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I hate that so much. And so I, I, I try to get my kids excited about books. And one of the ways that I try to do that is to tell them about books that are out there that are great. And so I started doing these videos. And so when I started doing the podcast, I, still want to be connected to that. In fact, I'm hoping to, you know, in future episodes, interview some authors and stuff like that. Um, but one of the ways I've done that, and actually um, a while back, I had sent out some messages to a few friends in ska bands and asked them what their favorite books were. Millington's one of the bands that I sent messages to and they responded. Uh, and then I never did anything with it, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I like to talk about books. So do you like to read? Um, I... I did. I don't really read anymore. I would say my excuse, and it is an excuse, is that I don't have the time. Um, if I do read, it's like I'm reading articles online on my phone, or I do still have a subscription to a magazine, but it's not anything intellectual. It's like, <laughs> it's real simple magazine. Ah! Um, because <laughs> there's not a lot of words in there and it's real simple to be reading it because everything's like a short story or like a short whatever. And I feel like that's a little, all the time I have. But I, in the past, I, yes, I have enjoyed reading. I do have some favorite books. I have books that I don't like. And um, yeah, I think it sort of went away when I had my kids. So like maybe in the last like five years, I, I don't carry books around with me anymore. You know, I'm carrying yeah. whatever else. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think that's. So one of the things I really try to, to make a point of saying on a regular basis, because like when I got ready to interview Taylor from Pick It Up, he talked about how he he's like, I don't really read unless comic books count. And I was like, they count. They count because yeah. I, I think that we put a stigma on reading in school we put the stigma on reading for a lot of people where we say reading is just, it's an intellectual exercise and that you need to read this particular type of literature or you're not really reading or whatever. And for me, I mean, all reading is reading. You know, if you're reading about your favorite band, that's reading. If you're reading a magazine or a comic book or uh, whatever, I, I read a, you know, if you're reading about the whole free Britney thing, you know, like that's all reading, you know? And so I definitely want to say that that's, that's cool. Real Simple is an awesome magazine. It's beautifully designed. <laughs> um, and so that's, you know, my son, like right now, he, he's eight. And for him, he's, I, I'm trying to push him to read a little bit harder things without pushing him because I don't want to make him not like it. But he is super into Calvin and Hobbes and Foxtrot and some comic books. But then he also really loves art. So sometimes he just wants to look at art books and there's like, he doesn't read any of the words. He just looks at the pictures and I'm like, that's great. Yeah. That there's a purpose there too. I mean, that's why they put those together. Right. So you can flip through it and look at them and have ideas and wonder things. So. 
And I, I think that having kids, like you said, does make it a lot harder. I, my only time that I can really read is before everyone wakes up or when I'm in bed waiting, you know, trying to go to sleep. So I do audiobooks when I mow and stuff like that, but only like, I can't do audiobooks for fiction. I can't like, I, I can only do audiobooks for like biographies and stuff. Yeah. So the so only what, books that I read in length now are like before my daughter goes to bed, I read like books, you know, I, I read the first three Harry Potters recently. We've gotten through all the first three of those. So uh, I mean, I, I've read, I've read them all, but I mean like yeah. with her, I've read them. So those yeah. definitely count. I'm going to, I'm going to move my camera here for mm -hmm. a second. Uh, you can see over there. I have a, uh, a wand oh, of walls oh, yeah but you've got a bunch of stuff that's and, so cool and harry potter funko pops and stuff yeah harry oh, potter yeah. definitely counts so yeah so what are your favorite books that from whenever you know as you've read um like out of all the required reading in high school like if like when you mentioned that um my favorite book is like so I feel like it's cliche because everyone read it but I I like Catcher in the Rye was like my favorite required reading book um and also they made us read The Little Prince which I like was stupid at the time but now that I'm older I'm like wow it had so much to say like I didn't yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it then um but then like other books that I've really liked um like after growing up or whatever um I there's this really corny old love book called um the unbearable lightness of being and it's like oh. yeah it's like it was like by a check writer and like i said it's kind of corny because it's like a total love story where you're just like why are they doing this to each other this is so sad <laughs> they're in love yeah. you know but i i've read that book so many times i love that book and um also uh, a confederacy of dunces I have never laughed out loud so much as like reading that book. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's, if you ever go to New Orleans too, there's like statues of the guy, like, and stuff like that from the book. Um, anyway, it's a really funny book and it, yeah, it just makes me, and it was written like a while ago too. So that's why it was funny. I was like, I still think this is really funny and this isn't like a new book or anything like that. So I always thought that was really charming about that book. Um, I really liked *A Tale of Two Cities* because I felt like I really identified with the with the um, antagonist whose name I cannot remember right now, but I remember I really liked that book. And then there was this other really really cheesy love book in high school um, that I read by like Jody Pickholt or something. It's like one of those books, you know? I care the Pact. Oh my gosh, I was so sucked into the Pact, you guys. I was like, I remember my boyfriend at the time was like, they're not real. Because I would get so mad. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at this person. He's like, they're not real people. They're fake. I'm like, they're real to me. They're in my book. So there were those. But out of like, like the worst book I had to read in high school that really like, oh, I hated it. Mosquito Coast. I think like they did that for the boys, honestly. Um, I I just thought it was like a terrible book. I it was about, it was like that one about the guy who like sort of starts a cult like in South America and he builds the ice machine and like everyone worships him because he can make ice and like, ugh, I just, I found it so like repulsive. I just did not care, not an iota. So 
Um, the only thing I remember about that class was the boy that I liked was like sat right behind me, you know, and I was like, yeah. oh, mosquito coast is so dumb, right? And <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I've always wanted to like get back into reading because I feel like now that I've gotten a little <clears throat> older, a lot of my girlfriends or friends are having like book clubs and stuff like that and I'm just I'm one of those people where I have ADD about it I'm like I can't sit down and read this book from whatever chapter this to chapter that um I yeah I wish I could though because I feel like my vocabulary is so much better when I'm when I'm actively reading because I'm yeah. one of those people where if I see a word I don't understand I'll try and like look it up and stuff I don't know I'm weird um so, yeah, I mean, I, I use a lot of that, like, when I'm writing half past two songs, it's so funny, because, like, um, some of our producers will be like, are you a thesaurus, or, like, what's wrong with you, why are you using these words, I'm like, it's just, like, a word I saw when I was reading, and I was like, that's a cool word, I want to, like, use that, you know, like, liaise, yeah, yeah like, in half, in uh, SoCal Summer, I use the word liaise, and everyone's like, liaise, I'm like, did you learn something? <laughs> yeah i think it's it's so interesting as i've been asking this question because you know i've talked to people who have grown up in all different areas you know uh, oregon and california and new jersey and whatever and the you know some of these books of course i think we've all heard of we've all heard of the catcher in the rye and we've all heard of you know so many of those kind of books but they're not necessarily all assigned in the same you know and not every school district does them so like i never had to read the catcher in the rye in school really um, Really, I I read it on my own later, and I enjoyed it. But and I teach in the same school district I graduated from, and um, I actually teach at my high school's rival, and they uh, do teach the Catcher in the Rye. You know, now um, I in ninth grade uh, we were required to read the Odyssey and Romeo and Juliet and To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, and we kill a mockingbird. There you go. There's there's the title I haven't heard in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just changed that this last year. This is the first year. I mean, I graduated in 2000 and they had been doing it for quite some time and this is the first year that they're not doing that they did not do Romeo and, or uh, did not do to kill a mockingbird last year. So you're like hmm. I mean, that's wow. 30 30, you know, tw 20 something years at least. That they yeah. were teaching that book. I never read of Mice and Men. I remember that was like the book that I, like everyone was reading it. And I, I had to switch classes because there weren't enough girls or something in this other English class. So they moved us like halfway through yeah. the year. And so I missed it. And everybody like to this day is like, they talk about, you know, uh, Mice and Men. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Right. I never did, did have to read it, didn't have to watch it. But I don't know. The, and you were talking about the romance books or whatever. It's kind it's it's kind of funny because I think there's definitely like <laughs> so number 1, I think there's a little bit of a stigma when you're uh just when you're a reader in general, but I also feel like there's this sort of stigma when you're a guy and you're a reader, like like you should be playing video games or playing sports or like shooting something, I don't know. And <laughs> I, I was never yeah. into anything that stuff. I just read a lot, you know. And then I also, I love all kinds of books. So like, I, I know I was already an adult when this book came out, but there's a book by Stephanie Perkins called, um, called uh, Anna and the French Kiss. Okay. It, 
and it's so good and it's a romantic story but um number one the title sounds like like the french kiss like how what kind of romance novel is this like a harlequin romance or whatever and it's it's not the kiss takes place in france but, oh. <laughs> but i just was like I remember being like, I'm going to take the dust jacket off this book when I carry it around because I was just worried about what people would think, you know, um, but I've kind of gotten past that now. You like a book, like a book. It doesn't matter. Um, so I love hearing you kind of talk about that and talk about some of your favorite books. I know for like for me, I, I was talking to Gary about this the other day. The books that I really I, one of the reasons I got into reading is I was grounded for a long time in first grade and all I could do was read. Um, <laughs> But I, I got into these little horror books by R.L. Stein that were really popular. Goosebumps. And, oh, and goosebumps. So I did like Goosebumps, but it was Fear Street, the Fear Street books. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Fear Street. Which were just a little bit a little bit darker, a little bit longer. Yep. And uh, Netflix just put out three movies about Fear Street. So I'm uh, I'm trying to watch through the first one, but I don't watch horror movies very much. I'm a chicken. So yeah, I am too. I don't like scary things. <laughs> I, just, I get scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I'm so excited uh, to have had the opportunity to hang out and talk to you and, and get to know you a little bit better. We've uh, chatted here and there, but never really gotten an extended time to talk. I'm super excited about the stuff that's coming down the line for half past two. And I can't wait for what's next. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to talk to you too. Like you said, I feel like we have like chatted a little bit here and there, but yeah, it was nice to get to know each other. And if you want to get to know more about Tara and half past two, you could just Google her on the podcast sites, like search for her on the podcast site. She's done a lot with, uh, with, uh, <laughs> on the upbeat and she's done the episode I already talked about in, in defense of Scott and just really fun to listen to. So check out more of her, check out more of the band. And uh, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week's podcast, but I hope you'll come back and check out the next podcast as I continue to interview the guests, both uh, ska guests and literary guests that have inspired me and gotten me more and more into the scene. Until then, thanks for hanging out here with the Rudy Librarian.